Although God does not communicate to us through an audible voice, He always speaks clearly through His Word. Please turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning from verse 1 down to verse 10. So please turn with me there and follow along as I read uh, these verses. I know it's a little bit uh, lengthy, but of course, I just want to um, also uh, give uh, an opportunity to those of you who, who are not being familiar with the story. So, First Samuel chapter three, verse verses one to verse ten. Okay, if you are there, the word of God says, "And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision." And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, "Here am I." And he ran unto Eli. And said, "Here am I, for thou calledst me, calledst me." And he said, "I called not; lie down again." And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, "Here am I, for thou didst call me." And he answered, "I called not, my son; lie down again." Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord; neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, "Here am I, for thou didst call me." And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, "Go, lie down." And it shall be if he call thee, that thou shalt say, "Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth." So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood, and called, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, "Speak, for thy servant heareth." Now, as what I've said earlier, the story of the Lord calling Samuel at night is not new for most of us. Uh, to those, uh, to those who are not familiar with this story, I suggest that you follow it carefully, uh, as we learn truths uh, truths that we can apply in our daily lives. When we read the Old Testament. It is always good to go beyond the stories of the Bible, so that you will appreciate more your Bible reading, and that's always a good idea to do. When you go to Old Testament and you see this a、uh, uh, bunch of of just mere stories, it will not go really deeper into your heart. Rather, you know, go and pass beyond. 
the stories of the Bible so that you will grow more and appreciate your Bible reading. Uh, methods like ask questions when, when, you are, uh, when, you're reading, when you're reading the Bible, and so it can bring more life to the stories. And so there's a story that I would like to tell you about Bob. Bob, um, I'm not pointing of who Bob is this. It's just I, I, I just, uh, you know, um, use this for this kind of illustration. So Bob noticed every time he ate his favorite food, uh, food uh, chitlins. You know what chitlins means? Um, they're like uh, large intestines that, um, you know, deep fried, something like that. So it's an inward part of a uh, pig, actually. So his, uh, his foot pained um, him immensely every time he ate this uh, kind of food. Well, the family physician confirmed his suspicion of pork-induced gout. And he told Bob what to do and avoid foods that can aggravate his condition. But of course, Bob ignored what his physician told him. Uh, when Bob returned from the doctor's office, his wife asked him how the appointment had gone. And Bob plopped his shoes off and replied, well, the doctor said I'm going to have gout about three weeks, uh, three weeks, uh, three times a week. But Bob simply doesn't um, want to hear what the doctor said, and, and he avoids, um, and he doesn't want to, you know, to hear avoiding his favorite uh, chitlins. Uh, Bob's kind of attitude is what we call selective hearing, and a problem, sadly, that most people do, selective hearing. Another um, illustration that... Uh, I will give to you, since technology has given us more ways to communicate than ever, there are, every, there are very few excuses to be out, uh, to, to, so you can see, say like, oh, I'm out of touch, and uh, no one can say that at all. And if we don't hear what, what someone is saying, it's because it's not lack of communica uh, means of communication, but it's because we don't want to listen to it. And again, it's called selective hearing. Whether it's ignoring emails, you know, screening calls and texts, or simply putting headphones in and cutting all ourselves off uh, from this world, we're all guilty of selective hearing, even we know we shouldn't. Now, in our passage this evening, we have a tremendous story that teaches us always to be ready to hear God and respond to what He says through. Uh, he says, and we will learn this through the child Samuel. And this evening, our message. Um, for tonight, when, when little boys heard what old men can't. And let's uh, open in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity once again. Lord, I pray that you will open our hearts 
and give us a receptive heart as we learn from your word. And I do pray that you would search our hearts and that the Holy Spirit will bring change into our, into our lives that will move our hearts to, to act upon what we will learn this evening. And so, Father, bless our time now, we pray in your name. Amen. Now, there's, uh, I divided the sermon into two parts. Uh, first is the setting, and the second, the call of God on Samuel. Now, the setting is very important in order for us to understand what is the condition or the situation during uh, their time. So it's really good to, to go there first and to explain to you the setting here. Uh, before God called Samuel to his specific ministry, the Bible tells us two specific settings that took place. And you can read that actually in verse 1. That first Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli when he was a child. And the second, the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And there was no open vision. And that's according to verse 1. You can read that. And these two settings are essential in, in understanding the principles and truths that we will learn tonight. I will mention these two settings as we go along and explain the situation here. Now, the Bible says that God, God's word was precious in those days. And this phrase led me to pause, actually, for, for a moment. Um, because just reading this phrase, you would think that God's people revere his word. So much so, so that the author tell, tells us that God's word was precious in those days. Now, the situation is a very... Uh, uh, but if you rather um, read further we understand what the actual situation was. The Bible further explains, you know, in verse 1, it says there that there was no open vision. It means that there was no open communication from God. And this situation is a very unusual um, kind of situation because uh, for the nation of Israel, they know... Th who the Lord is. And uh, they, God communicated himself and revealed himself to his people. And that's why it's very unusual in this time. Uh, like, for example, he spoke with Moses. He spoke to um, Joshua. But this time, in, in verse 1, it says there that there was no open vision. God never talked to any person. He never revealed himself to anyone until this very chapter. Now, I believe this uh, links to the last verse of the book of Judges. Actually, if you can open uh, your Bible, Bibles with me, the book of Judges, chapter 21, verse 20. And this is very... Um, and noticeable because we know that in the time of Samuel, in the beginning of this book, it's actually still in the reign of the, the judges. So 
in verse 25 of Judges chapter 21, it says there that in those days, there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, if, if you know yourself, right, um, humanly speaking, without the working of God and the Holy Spirit in our lives, you know what exactly will happen if we did everything according to our own eyes. And this is what happened here. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now, wait a minute. Does it seem familiar to all of us? Look at our society. Many believe that there's no standard anymore. There's no absolute truth. And if you believe in absolutes, you've become an offense to this society. However, we still, we still consider our, our situation, our time now are still blessed by God because we still have the Bible, the Word of God. And compared to our text, to our, the people in our text, you know, we can still preach the Word of God. We can listen to sermons and uh, we have God's Word available for us, even even our society as a whole rejects, rejects it. So that's our first setting here. And the second setting gives us light. But at the same time, a slap or a blow, if you will. Especially to all men that time. Now, you see, it seems that the situation was hopeless. There's no communication of God, and every man did what, which was right in his own eyes. Um, even God's servants did horribly. Just look and read the previous passages. God's servants did horribly, uh, horrible things in, in his sight. But the Bible says that the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Now, I can't help but, you know, have this uh, verse in the Scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse, verse 9, says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in, in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Now look at the, look, just imagine with me, in the time of Samuel, in the time of the priest Eli and Hophni and Phinehas, there's uh, obviously, as a nation, they, they are walking in, his, in their own direction. They're not even seeking God. And here in their passage, we can see Samuel as a child ministering to God. Is that something? Is that something, right? It's like a slap or a blow, as what I've said, to the eyes of all men during that time. In the midst of the, uh, this evil generation, God saw Samuel. God saw Samuel. The child Samuel, though but 
You know, a child was serving the Lord. Also, I'm guessing that ministering unto the Lord was not easy uh, thing to do for him because he probably saw the bad examples of Eli's sons. And there's a great principle here that uh, we can learn that you don't need to wait to be an adult to obey God or learn faithfulness. You don't need to wait. And, and sometimes like young people and even teens or even a child would say probably that, oh, I'm, I'm not yet an adult. You know, I can still do whatever I can. But here, look, the child Samuel placed a great example to all men during that time. The child Samuel put to shame the adults in his time. Yes, maybe he did not know the depths of the things of God. I'm, I'm sure of that. Uh, that uh, and, and to know that there, uh, all the things that there is to know. But he remained faithful to God. Samuel was so far from, from being influenced by b- bad examples of Eli's sons that he did not uh, in at least follow them, but was faithful to the things of God. Now, adults, right, suppo- are supposed to be model of, of uh, good values and godly li- living to the younger generation. But Samuel manifested a godly character, even he was a child. I'm not sure uh, the, you know, the exact age, and uh, some commentators would say that he's probably about 12 years of age. And as I thought of this, I remember what Jesus said uh, to adults in Mark chapter 10. His disciples were, were busy hindering those who brought their young children to Jesus. And he said, and Jesus said in verse 15, Verily, verily, uh, verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. Being an adult is a fascinating life, right? Because there's a lot of change that will take place. You're expected to be more responsible in life. Probably you still remember you got your first uh, uh, license, right? Um, you're more responsible than the ch- uh, uh, like the uh, child or the children or teens. But sometimes it can be a liability, especially in our spiritual life. Now, if you're always here at the church, um, sometimes I will see, uh, you will see uh, Titus. Now, I enjoyed talking to Titus, and it's, it's, it's fun to talk with him. And, well, and uh, every time he's around, I try to talk to him, and um, he's a great kid. I will tell him exaggerated stories and uh, pull out some uh, tricks, and his eyes are just like big as it can be. His... his very fascinated with uh, what I'm doing uh, uh, for him, like tricks. 
and he was so impressed that he will listen and believe me. I'm not saying that I'm trying to fool Titus, but my point there is there was no argument or whatsoever that, take, that takes place. Of course, he never understand it, but, uh, but, but, but the point there is um, believing like a child, and this is what uh, Jesus Christ was trying to, to explain to, to, to the adults during that time. That in order for us to receive the kingdom of God, we should have a faith like a child. We should believe like a child. We should take the promises of God like, like, like the child. For us adults, we failed to listen and hear God because we have you know, our plans, our, our thoughts for our situation and life. And we sometimes struggle to have faith in His commands and promises because of our reasoning. You see, that's why being an adult, it's, it's good. It's fascinating. There's a lot of things that you can do now. But of course, it sometimes can be a liability in our, in our lives. And this leads us to our second point. So you understand now the setting, the condition, the situation during their time. And let's go to the call of God on Samuel. I will not go into the details of, of uh, each verses. And you can read that uh, also over and over again and be familiar with this story. But of course, there are a few things that I want you to notice here. And first, Samuel only heard God's call. Now, the passage doesn't, doesn't tell us if every person can hear God's God's voice near, near the temple. Because if, you're, if you know how tabernacle will work during that, well, works during that time, you know, they have, they have the, the, the outer court, the inner court. We have the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant uh, was. And of course, outside of the uh, holy place, there's kind of a sanctuary or a court wherein the priest would, would um, stay there. And, of course, they would, that's their place uh, to stay. It's more like a, a parsonage, if, if you will, in our time. And, and I assume that Eli was there on the court, uh, court, uh, priest, priest court. And also Samuel lay there. And stay there also with, with him. So never said there in the scripture if uh, every person can hear God's voice near the temple. But what I noticed that God, you know, pass over, quote, unquote, pass over Eli and called Samuel instead. The little boy heard God's call and it seems that Eli never heard it one would naturally expect an audible message from God to be given to the, to the high priest, especially Eli, and not to Samuel, right? Eli was older and more experienced, and he held the proper position. But God's chain of command, we know even in the Old Testament, is based on faith. 
It's based on faith. And just by reading the context, the surrounding passages of, of our, our passage here, we have some assumptions here. First, God already denied Eli as his high priest. And you can read that in the previous chapter. And second, Eli was not worthy anymore of being the bearer of God's word. God passing Eli resulted from his unfaithfulness to God, to, to him. And the message to be made was to declare the outcome of his faithlessness. And God already told that to Eli. Uh, look with me in chapter 2, verse 30. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, and uh, the Word of God says here, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thou, thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now the Lord saith, Be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. And this is what happened here, that, that uh, Eli honored his sons more than God. And that's why Eli knows that God already rejected him. And it's no surprise that when, he, when Samuel told him about God's judgment, he just said, uh, let the Lord do what uh, he wills. Now, the second uh, thing that you need to know, we need to notice here that thrice Samuel misunderstood God's call as Eli's call. Why Samuel misunderstood God's call as, Eli, as Eli's call? Well, I think the reason is found in verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. I believe that Samuel knows God. I really believe that. He knows him by name. But the Hebrew word know implies properly ascertaining by seeing, meaning meaning he never seen God in person, nor his word revealed unto him. And according, that's according to, to verse 7. And so, um, we, but um, of course, we can learn a few things here um, in the character of Samuel. First is his readiness to respond to the call. He doesn't know if, if God is calling him. But of course, his readiness to respond to call, his humility, his patience to go back and forth to Eli. Yes, he misunderstood God's call. But after Eli told him that it was God, he was, already, he was ready to hear and listen to what God wants him to say. You know, listening and responding are vital in our relationship with God. Although God does not communicate to us through an audible voice, 
He always speaks clearly through his word. Sadly, there are many voices that we hear in this world. And as a result, we can't hear the call of God. And I believe God is still calling men and women who will, who will live their life for Him, who will be faithful to Him, and who will be willingly follow Him by faith. However, many Christians are too busy in, in life nowadays. And sometimes we are guilty of that. And there are many voices in this world that we entertain that, that we can't hear or even discern if, is this really the voice of God or just the mere voice of the world or other people? Now, perhaps we hear the voice of God, but we are selective on things, on, on the things we hear, like, you know, our friend Bob in the illustration earlier, that we can only, you know, we only pay attention to what we think that is good for ourselves. You know, do we have a problem selective hearing? You know, just as dangerous as selective obedience. You always hear partial obedience is disobedience. It's a selective hearing or selective obedience. Why? Why is it that things that are needful, often the first thing that gets cut from our schedules? Right? Why is it? Well, many would say that we are busy, right? We are so busy. But, but busyness is not just a, a cover. It, um, busyness is a cover, actually, for the real reasons. Like, for example, pride. Pride wants to, to say always like this. Okay, listen up, Lord. I'm speaking here. Rather than what Samuel uh, did uh, for the Lord. He said, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth, in verse 9. And probably there are people that say, no, listen up, Lord, here's what I want the course of my life to go. Here's how I want to, my marriage to be. Here's the dream college. Here's my dream job, home, career, salary, gift, blessings. And this is all I want. If this will not be met, I will be discouraged in life and probably stop following you, Lord. Or maybe it's anger to God that we assume that we, when we are hurting, God doesn't care. God, where, where were you when... When I was discouraged or depressed, where were you when my brother or sister died or, or my loved one that, that I cared for? Or maybe your problem is just laziness. Bibles, devotionals, sermon videos, 
podcasts, and more, or um, all easily accessible, but we're just too lazy to make use of them. Now, folks, or one of these is your problem today. Do you know what Jesus Christ did, did for you and for me? Now, for, for just spending time with him and reading his word in prayer, you know, and faithfully serving him and going here to the church, is it really heavy? Is it really heavy? Is it really hard for a Christian to do and not even realizing what Jesus Christ did for us? Folks, he gave it all. He gave all for us. And also, if you go with me in Hebrews chapter 4, this is the last verse, and then I will close. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 to 16. The Word of God says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's God telling us, come. Come to me. And so the Lord is speaking and actually calling us through different sermons here in Grace Baptist Church. He's speaking also in our devotions and prayer time and maybe on pod, uh, podcasts. By the way, you know, it's very good if you would, we would listen to those podcasts. And the question is, are we listening? Do we still hear God calling us? Do we still hear God when we read the Word of God? Can we hear God speaking to ourselves? Or are we just deaf? Deaf to listen to his word. Now God is calling to those who are willing and preparing themselves for him. Now, of course, if you're not sure tonight that heaven is, is your home, God is calling you to trust Him. In order for you to faithfully following and serving the Lord, you need to know God first. You need to have a relationship with Him. You must repent of your sins and believe in Jesus Christ who died for your sins by faith and ask Him to come into your heart. Do it, my friend, and do not delay. Let us all pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray that you would bless it in our hearts. We thank you and we pray all this, these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's word.